Welcome aboard the Ark. You're listening to The 100 Podcast, a show about CW's sci-fi series, The 100. I'm Olga, everybody's favorite grounder, and I'm here with Dan, the mountain man. Hey, everybody. Today we're discussing Season 4, Episode 5, The Tinderbox. We met on a Tinder box, sort well, of. We met on a Tinder. Yes. A Tinder. Hey, everybody, Tinder. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> this week's app of the week. <laughs> we have a we have a tech review section. The flame. Yay or nay? <laughs> I say yay. Allie, nay. <laughs> we're very hip, guys. Uh, <laughs> Clearly. All right. So we're talking about this episode. What did you think of the episode? Well, I feel like I start that section off by saying, well, almost every week. But, <laughs> um, eh, it had highs mm-hmm. but lows as well mm. um <laughs> highs but lows as well <laughs> yeah i don't know how to be diplomatic about this i didn't really like it that much i didn't either uh i think there were definitely points that we both liked yeah uh i think it felt to me it felt sloppier than usual uh, like there were great moments for sure but there were more like Maybe not necessarily plot holes, but, like, iffy, like, feeling like they're they're stretching some things. And then, honestly, the fact is that this episode hinged so heavily on Riley and Ilian, two characters that I am not invested in that much yet. And, uh, I felt like I was going to be more invested in Ilian yeah. than I realized I was. Well, I guess, but, like, his big moment came a little too quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they hadn't really... Like, it was like I was saying, I think, last week was that... He introduced him, he had a great flashback, and then he hasn't really done Muck since. Right. Uh, and so this was a big move for a character to do. And also, I will say, for me, a huge part of... Like, the Riley plotline was much more like, I hate Riley. Like, he is not handled well. I Ilian, don't... Yeah. yeah. Ilian, I think, is handled somewhat well. But honestly, what a big part of it is, I blame... I think the marketing made a poor move, right? Because what do you mean? the fact that we saw that... I saw that poster of Arcadia blown up... Like, months ahead of time or whatever it was, a month ahead of time. Like, Mm. it's, that's such a major plot point that, for spoiling such a major thing for five episodes in this, it wasn't like it was a... Well, I'll be honest with you. That, to me, was something like, oh, this might happen, or is it going to be metaphorical? I wasn't sitting here with bated breath Mm. waiting for that to happen. Yeah. So, once it became evident early on in this episode yeah. that it would happen yeah. i my mind didn't go to the poster well see that's the thing is like i, I haven't necessarily like because we talked about i think we even talked about before we started the season that i was like well last year we never actually had clark like standing on a cliff looking at polis right, right. she was dragged to polis so maybe it's like metaphorical or them- thematic and i mean yeah. to a certain degree that is true like raven wasn't here looking at the at the explosion and mm-hmm. stuff like that but you know, so I was like, maybe it's just a metaphorical thing of, of shit hitting the fan. It's a tinderbox. And, uh, but, uh, again, like you said, as soon as I saw Ilian in in the arc, especially as soon as he started doing anything, I was yeah. like, and especially because it fits so well with, oh, they're going to work things out, but too late. Yeah. And, and we've talked about these, these uh, sort of fillery feeling plots as far as uh, having... You know, we, we, we were checking off a list of ways they can save themselves one yeah. at a time. And I was like, well, this is the uh, their big main one. And we have to check that one off so they have another issue. Yeah. And, you know, I just, it, I don't want to act like it wasn't like a big moment. Like, I think the production values in this episode were amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think that the explosion and everything around it was, was powerful and beautiful and painful. 
but I knew it was coming in a way that like it was like that's like a big moment it's not necessarily that I needed to be surprised as much as I was just like instead of like being like amazed I was like waiting for it to be done because I knew it was coming yeah um I I definitely had strong feelings in the moment yeah like power I felt the powerful feelings about it but uh, about the arc crashing down but because I saw it coming I was like well we're not gonna have an all-out war in episode five Mm -hmm. because the way they said it there were going to be heavy losses on both sides yeah and so many of our main characters lives were at stake i was Mm -hmm. like we're they're not going to execute monty or and uh kane and bellamy and echo potentially like all in this one scene so it was i'm not saying the tension wasn't there yeah i'm just saying that oh there isn't going to be all-out war in that way, in this scene in episode five, yeah. and once Alien was introduced, I was like, "Well, this is going to be our setback mm. of the week instead of instead of war." Yeah. Uh, but you know, we're gonna probably go into more detail about yeah. that. And I will say, like, there were points, like, I wasn't a hundred. It was mostly as soon as, like, I thought of it as soon as we saw Ilian. Mm-hmm. I. I got solidified in it as soon as Roan and Clark made an agreement. Oh, yeah. Because before that, I was there was part of me that was like, oh, they could kill Roan this episode. Shit, you know, shit could hit the fan to that degree. I, and like, I Like, we don't necessarily need Roan. Like, I, I like Roan. I especially mm-hmm. I thought this was one of his best episodes oh, ever. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, like, I totally agree. Yeah. Zach McGowan's performance was so enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. So there were definitely, like, to me, there was tension in the parts, but what we're really glossing over is just the Riley of it all. And maybe we should yeah. <laughs> discuss it as yeah. he comes up. I mean, maybe we're in a bubble. I know the people I follow on Twitter slash discuss with us, they're not fans of Riley either. I think we got one person sa- saying, being surprised at how much you didn't like him. Really? Yeah. But... I'm pretty sure I called him a shit actor last time. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that wasn't an overstatement, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> Riley sucks. Hashtag 2017. Um, <laughs> kill Riley 2017. Uh, you kind of messed up. That hashtag was literally just 2017. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> kill Riley. Hashtag 2017. <laughs> oh, man. Make it happen. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Let's. We're going we're gonna to organize it this week. We're going to go through the whole Raven plot line slash Abby plot line, and then we're going to jump over and do the Tinderbox stuff. Like last week yeah. slash earlier this week, because yeah. we suck. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Riley. All right. So we start off in, uh, you know, Alley Island bunker town. and I like that. <laughs> and uh, we have, you know, we have the Raven, the Raven. We have the Raven spacewalk thing of her floating up and her mm-hmm. hallucination. But the really interesting stuff, even though I think visually that was great and yeah. had a lot of stuff, but I think the really interesting stuff was happening in the background, which I didn't even fully pick up on until our rewatch because we put uh, subtitles on. Well, I I watch subtitles. I just yeah. have subtitles on on my TV at all times because yeah. it makes uh, watching easier for my mom. Yeah. So I was actually reading it, but the problem was I was like, I feel like I should be paying attention to Raven, yeah. but I want to be reading what they're yeah. saying because I can't fully hear it either. Yeah. So I was kind of halfway not totally yeah comprehending both the floating slash space walking or uh the background yeah well i mean i never want to have subtitles on on a first watch because i i feel like it uh, decreases my paying attention to the actual visuals on screen that's fair uh especially because you know i i have to you know focus on writing more than most people i feel like because Mm -hmm. of my vision um but 
But yeah, I, it was there was some interesting stuff in the background here. Do you want to talk about some of it? Yeah. So it yeah. turns out that Becca developed the Nightblood serum slash Nightblood uh, for the Allegis Mining Company, mm-hmm. and it turns out that they were putting criminals into hypersleep and giving it to them uh, to protect them from solar radiation as they went to mine in space. Ooh, mysterious planets. Uh, or asteroids. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Maybe I just don't really know about prison systems in general. But I was like, well, how does this mining company get access to these criminals? I mean, mm-hmm. I, there was an interesting... Is that like... Does that ever happen that like they... How the prison system is modern yeah. day slavery? Why, yes, that is actually... <laughs> well, I know, but what, working for specific... Does it work for specific companies? Um, Contracts. Okay. Companies can make contracts with prisons where okay. prisoners are working on products okay made by that company i and i guess they're in a future pseudo apocalyptic way there Mm. could be a penal system that would allow the lives like if the technology is advanced enough where oh we or they don't care enough about the lives of the prisoners which somehow it feels like we are approaching that kind of dystopia um they would be shipped off into space it's also possible i suppose that uh maybe it was like a somewhat voluntary program for the criminals as far as do you want to just be stuck here forever or do you want to be like one of the first people in space and go explore planets i don't think we'll ever get yeah i know i'm just saying that like that that could be a thing too uh, it I could suppose. also be like you get a shorter sentence or something if you do that. I don't, who Which knows? is weird considering you're put into hyper sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the other thing is, of course, we should point out the parallels to the premise of the show there. Too, of course. You know, and especially we're talking about you could just bring up people not caring about the lives of the criminals. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that that's a nice little wrinkle there. Yes. Um, um, Abby also, I understood it as her saying it sarcastically of, mm-hmm. of her saying nice of Becca to share the you know, night blood with the ancestors on the Ark. Yeah, so I assume it was sarcasm because I don't think that that's how they've... Otherwise, they don't have night blood in their system. And also, Becca was shot down by the people who would become the inhabitants of the Ark. Um, I believe... Yeah, I, man, I can't remember that. I well, need that to watch the, that episode That was again. the premise of, like, yeah. they were telling... They were the station that yeah. didn't join on Unity Day. Yeah, but I feel like it was more complicated than that. It I haven't was. Watched the, I haven't rewatched the flashback in a while. It was. I want to rewatch that episode. But I, I think... I mean, the other thing is... So the reason that, that line originally, originally confused me is, like, well, they are not susceptible to radiation. I guess that that evolved over decades i mean again it's this whole show of compressing time in kind of ridiculous ways 150 years should not lend itself to this kind of evolution yeah and i don't really understand as far as how there are that many of them then like you know if they if they if most people died and there were only a few mutants left that survived like it doesn't that doesn't seem like no no I mean, again, maybe I will tell you, cop. Maybe we're forgetting certain lines and things that they've said way in the past. We'll but, cop to that. Yeah. If again, send it in if we're missing something yeah. or said something incorrectly. Um, but I did want to talk about this thing because when we heard about Allegius, I was like, oh, is this something that's ever come up before? It seems like you know, is this like the first time they're throwing out this new idea, mm-hmm. or it, it seems like something there might have been Easter eggs that we had missed and things like that before. Turns um, out there was. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, I mean, like, we had been seeing stuff like the, I feel like we've been seeing, like, Becca's Infinity logo throughout things for a long time before we were noticing them. Definitely. Um, so I looked up on the 100 wiki, and they, I'm going to quote them. They said, an article titled, Contact Lost with Asteroid Mining Penal Colony 
from the West Coast Herald can be seen on one of Raven's monitors as he explains 20, uh, the 2048 nuclear reactant technology to Jasper and Monty in 401. This is the first mention of humans living in space farther out uh, than Earth's orbit. So, that's also something. Yeah, so we should also point out that, like, uh, you know, I didn't have all this information, but this is, we are definitely feeding into theories that I've been talking about. Yeah, uh, you, as, bravo. Yeah. I as, think I've been more reluctant yeah. to get on board with those theories, but I'm, I think I'm coming around. Well, I mean, I think, I assume you're more on board, I mean, that was the second part of my theory last week, which was... I was, I was like, well, not aliens, aliens, mm-hmm. but other humans that had been out and about. And, that survived yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I I mean, that's certainly a possibility for the Amori group that she's been mentioning. Um, and it's also the possibility of our, our people eventually getting to another planet and finding it inhabited. Yeah. Uh, and developed. You know, that could be a season five kind of thing. And then even the grounders from Earth could be kind of like Sky Crew. Yeah. And those are the new grounders. Yeah. I don't know. It would be cool. It's interesting, yeah. All right. The new grounders. So- the Marsers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Raven, Raven's spacewalk floating. It took me a second to understand what was happening to her until it mm. showed her feet off of the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, I think that that's a great callback to, like, sort of the essence of how she started, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, I think the first time we ever see her, she's coming back from, a, like, a little spacewalk. Um, oh. Yeah. She's Aww. she's coming in, and, uh, of course, she, they immediately have her stripping. And... Oh, yeah, right. That's how she was introduced. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, it turns out her spacewalk is, in fact, a horrifying-to-watch seizure. Yep. That was really well done. Oh, this yeah. this whole plot line, I feel like, was was really well handled. Of all the things, you know, we complain about some stuff. Well, okay, not into- not everything. I know you have some issues with some of the science and stuff. But, yeah. Um, but that's like a verbal nitpick. Yeah. That's not a storyline yeah. issue. Visually, character wise, acting wise, I think they were really on top. Oh of things yeah. Here. I know you're not always the biggest fan of Abby. I'm I'm coming around. Okay. I think she has a, a definite place in this season in a way that maybe I felt like she didn't in other seasons. I can agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Raven, when she comes to, she realizes that, uh, her neurons were firing faster than her conscious mind could follow. So her subconscious, it was given to her subconscious that you need in order to make the night blood, you need to do it in zero gravity, right? That's what it is. Um, all right, I'll accept that. I don't know science. (laughs) I might not know that level of science, but, uh, Whatever. Like, that's the one where I'm just like, fine. It's science fiction. It's science fiction. Exactly. But let's get into where right. maybe perfectly lines are being crossed that you're not okay with. So there's this line from, so uh, Jackson and Abby put the brain, like, brain scanner yeah. on Raven while she's running around thinking and planning and figuring out a way for them to get up into space mm-hmm. and synthesize more night blood and so as they're looking at the scan i think it was abby who says that raven is using a huge percentage of her brain yeah which you do not enjoy that trope. i freaking hate that trope <laughs> yeah. uh sometimes i'm kind of willing to forgive it if mm-hmm. it if an entire premise of something hinges on it yeah even then i'll roll my eyes on it because there's the propagation of the myth that humans only use 10 percent of their brain mm-hmm. and that's just false we are always using our brain like yeah. fully it 
is scientifically proven that we have like base levels of activity in our brain at any given time everywhere. Mm. Um, so maybe what they're trying to say is she has super like a lot of widespread activity all over her brain all at once as all much at as once. they can yeah like, more so than average yeah. and that's what is so remarkable but the thing is that you can only really understand that reading yeah once you try and think about what alternative reading there yeah. could be to the humans don't use their entire the majority yeah. percentage of their well brain i also the feel like time. it was maybe even a line that wasn't necessary because i feel like i got the idea of it just from my neurons are firing faster than my conscious mind can handle or if they you just know, showed but... honestly if they just showed that brain scan where yeah. it was like in all those bright yellow bright yeah. red wouldn't you have been like wow that must mean something crazy is yeah, going I mean, on in her like, head like and again i'm not, not saying necessarily these per- this particular line but something like her brain's in overdrive or something yeah like, you know, something like, neutral or it's yeah. like sure yeah. but i and you took issue of, well, this is a science fiction show. Why do yeah. you have such a problem with this? I'm like, well, I'm already suspending my disbelief with a lot of the other scientific yeah. premise because this is something I'm less familiar yeah. with. So when it gives me pseudoscience or well, doesn't so, clarify the true science yeah. behind it, I get a little Well, annoyed. pseudoscience, I feel like, you know, to strengthen your argument, I mean, it's almost all of this is pseudoscience. What you mean is when it shows you something that you outright know for sure is factually yes. inaccurate. Yes. <laughs> you know? And it's trying to use that to back up yeah. its argument for yeah. the pseudoscience. Yeah. I'm like, <sighs> yeah. why? It's just not necessary. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of this stuff is like, I guess, try to come at it from, well, they write it and the vast majority of the audience is doesn't is gonna, not going to yeah. blink an eye, doesn't know yeah. that they're wrong, you know. Like, yeah. Um, <sighs> but fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they find the rocket because she is, you know, she has Becca brain going down. I love that. And, Becca brain. <laughs> and uh, the rocket's freaking awesome. The set is great. The production values. I don't know. I understand how they have the budget that they do or oh, if they're just using their budget really well. Maybe I, it's because they have less episodes. They can increase yeah. some of the funds per episode. Yeah. But having the rocket and the Arcadia thing in one episode, I was just like, this is like... Like, this does not look bad. <laughs> like, no. Like, that's surprising. It looks great. Yeah, it looks really good. I love, yeah, I love the rocket. It's a great reveal. Mm-hmm. It made me excited because I've been talking about how I expected them to end up in space to some degree. Yeah. Um. So that was a cool moment. And in episode five, we already have them planning on going to space. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. So they talk about how they need fuel from Arcadia. This is going to play heavily into next week based on our next episode based on the promo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not coming back for two weeks, I don't think. Well, so it's, you know, one week from that episode is the week off and then the following week. So it's technically two weeks uh, from when yeah, it aired. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to give a slight spoiler for you in the promo on that. The whole promo seems to hinge on them moving the fuel. I actually saw the promo yeah, this week. Okay. So, yeah. So how does that make sense? How did the fuel not blow up? I don't. Well, I'm assuming they were keeping keeping it elsewhere because of. Did they actually do what Miller's dad was saying and put it around the perimeter? No, because Clark shot that down. Because yeah. Monty was like, "So you want us to well, use yeah. it as a barrier around the arc that we've been working to yeah. fortify?" Well, right I, now? I agree, but I was like, maybe they decided to do it as a backup plan. No, so I guess I don't understand how it didn't blow up. But uh, I we'll, guess it we'll, must have been kept offsite. Yeah, hopefully the they. Only... Well, they didn't. I think they specifically said it was like in the engine room or something. I, what? Why would they do that? I, I think they. It's spe- a highly combustible. They, they 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 definitely said where it was in this episode. Okay. It was in the ship. So maybe they'll explain it next week, 
and maybe I'm remembering wrong. I'll cop to that. But, okay. Uh, All I know is the reactor that they went after in Farm Station, that, mm. didn't that also rely on hydrazine? Maybe it did. I don't remember. And they were like, well, we kept it in a fortified part of the ship mm. so that even if it did okay, blow, Okay, you might wouldn't... be right. That might be right. I don't we'll know. We'll see. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't remember the yeah. exact wording of that, but... Um, back to Raven. <laughs> yeah, back to Raven. So basically, they're realizing that, you know, all, all of her symptoms and everything, and he realizes that it was because of the EMP they used uh, on her to get the chip out of her uh, that it caused brain damage, and part of Allie's code was still in there, uh, and it was turned up because it was turned off the wrong way. It's kind of like a surge. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting that I like about this? Allie was kind of right that it's like, mm. that'll hurt you. If yeah. they use that on you, it'll cause it'll yeah. damage your brain yeah and it could kill you mm. it's like well delayed a bit but yeah ali was telling the truth <laughs> yeah. and it's a cool thing and uh you know so the, the big idea of raven might die if you get you know if she keeps doing this stuff and her you know it's a great character moment for her to be like well i'm still gonna do it i'm not gonna let everybody die when i could be the one to help them mm -hmm. so even though i'm really upset that they might kill raven i uh, really hope they find yeah. a way around this. well okay so i will also say my assumption is that she ends up with the flame and the flame kind of counteracts it uh, that'd be great i assume that that's what's gonna happen especially if they're making night blood she'd probably be one of the first people to get the, get the night you know like test it on herself yeah. the way becca did so i feel like that makes sense yeah. Um, it seems like a good way to, to save her, and especially in, in a season where they seem to be uh, not wanting to actually kill characters. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that I love the parallels. We've mentioned them before, yeah. but the parallels between Clark's relationship with Abby and Raven's relationship mm. with Abby. Because Clark basically said a similar thing to her mom about, like, you have to let me go, you have to let me do this. Mm -hmm. And... Abby did. Yeah. And before that, Raven also became like a foster daughter yep. to her as well. Yep. And now Raven is saying the same thing. You have to let me go. You have to let me do this. Yeah. And it's kind of like Abby should be proud because she's raising mm. or has influenced such strong, arguably selfless women. Yeah. But it's also causing her to sacrifice, you know, like yeah, she's still losing the, them yeah, to the selfless. It's a good part of her character for sure that she has that that difficulty to work through. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very relatable, understandable one. Especially, yeah. I, I mean, I can't really speak for it, but I imagine maybe for some older viewers who mm. are themselves, you know, have kids or feel maternal or in the role of mentor maybe yeah. this is something where they can relate to abby in some yeah. ways i you can see I like know. a teacher feeling that yeah, way too. exactly yeah. yeah um yeah definitely uh so they bring up jackson brings up oh well you know abby they use the mp on you too why aren't you having the same symptoms and she like kind of brushes it off and is like oh you know brain damage you know brain trauma provides different trauma for different people blah 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 um so kind of a <laughs> back out what's it like a cop-out yeah. answer in a way so i mean it's an interesting thing because it's it's i it felt like both a smart thing for her to say to try to cop out and also uh potentially out for the writers as far as why is she acting so differently than mm -hmm. raven why doesn't she have like coding ability why doesn't she know where the ship is yeah uh this seems like i mean and then we'll jump of course the pus clark face we know her brain is having issues right um now, we'll see where this goes as far as the explanation going forward, mm -hmm. but I'm a little nervous as far as how much they seem to be leaving 
up to the viewers as far as in this episode. Um, what do you mean? Well, I feel like, okay, so I feel like there's some holes here that like, they leave for you to potentially fill in, but oh, they should be filling yeah. in. As far as, okay, well, why? I mean, yeah, you can say that it affects people differently, but, you know, if she still has Alice Code in her, why doesn't she seem to have any of the extra buzz? Why she only have the downside? Is it? I, I, you know, I can I come up with explanations. I can say, oh, he got the EMP later. Now it's starting. You know, it took longer or, or something. Or my kind of... You, you're right. I yeah. filled in the blank a little bit of, well, Allie used Raven's coding ability and her... Didn't she? Like, yeah. Well, didn't she, she, like, use her scientific mind yeah, that a little was bit already more. there? And then the thing I came up with was that Abby was unconscious when she got the EMP. Right. Uh, and Raven was fighting against it yeah. while awake. So, I mean, you could say, like, a- a- like Allie wasn't inhabiting her brain in the same way when right. she got the EMP. Right. But... Yeah, no. I... Yeah. I agree so um, i don't know there there are explanations and i'd love to hear other people's explanations maybe there are things we missed maybe we just have a different theory well um, and maybe the show will explain more in the future. another thing is doesn't jackson say something along the lines of like didn't abby don't you hate microbiology mm. or something like that and abby is still very and i can't tell if that was intended to yeah. be she got the super becca of like biology look, she brain. Un- yeah she understands yeah. it better than she used to because she hated this stuff yeah, i mean that's it's possible i like how we'll much see. stuff jackson is getting yeah, no, he's he's. It's good to have another doctor, if nothing else. I feel like yeah, you don't I want don't it to just be Clark and Abby. He he plays off of Abby well, in yeah, my opinion. I agree. I agree. Uh, as for Puss Clark, mm-hmm. when we saw that in the trailer for the season, I was like, this is gonna be a fake out. Oh, I don't even. That was in the trailer. I forgot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was the last thing you see mm. in the trailer. I was like, that's yeah. not gonna be a real moment. <laughs> no. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. It was not the the biggest, greatest ending of the episode. I don't think. I will say one thing I wanted to say when you were talking about Jackson is I I, I feel like I do feel bad for him because I feel like he gets a lot of the exposition lines. He, he I mean That's he true. he has the tropic best friend lines. Yeah. They just ask the questions that you need to ask so the protagonist can say the good things. The you reminders. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eh. um, yeah, I mean that's right. He in yeah. season three he was the one that we need to take out the. The reproductive, what was yeah. it? Like the birth control chips or whatever. Chips. Yeah. yeah, I don't know their exact terminology. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but even in this episode, I felt like he had a couple. He was kind of he was kind of leading Abby along. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. not not always. I'm right. like he has some good lines and stuff. He plays yeah. a vital role at yeah. least in that regard. <laughs> yeah. He looks at the vitals. <laughs> Considering last week you were saying he was killable. Yeah. Well, I still think he's killable. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, do you want to read this email from Opal Drake? Sure. So Opal Drake says, Hey guys, A, thanks for the podcast. Two, here's a... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Sorry, don't mean to make fun of you for that. I just... I I do that all the time where I switch between. That's really funny. All right, two, here's a thing I have to get off my chest about this show that in general I quite enjoy. Do these guys even have a science advisor? For fuck's sake, the hundred... (laughs) Gravity doesn't work that way. Radiation doesn't work that way. Adaptation does not work that way, especially not in 100 years or so. And now, let's add to that. Brains don't work that way. (laughs) Were you guys not paying attention when everyone had a hissy cow? What? Hissy cow. Hissy cow. Hashtag hissy cow. (laughs) Hashtag 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) Hissy cow about the aggressively stupid Luc Besson movie lucy we don't only use 10 percent of our brains using more is well we are starting from a false premise so it's hard to properly criticize and you didn't need that line anyway yeah just having that yeah just having the alley remnant was 
all the explanation we needed. I'm not going to talk about the massive inbreeding problems, <laughs> a population of 150 of whom were already from a limited gene pool themselves would have presented since Ilian solved that issue for us. <laughs> Good way of thinking about it. Ilian stopped further inbreeding. <laughs> it's also totally reasonable that no one would think about it until it's much too late. Anyway, huff, had to get that off my chest. <laughs> I can mostly ignore the bad science in the hundred and focus on the moral quandaries and stuff. But when they turn over a new bad science leaf, I get all bent out of shape again. Yes. Yeah, understandable. Totally on the same. And that's one of those things where perspective, perspective influences how you see this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because if you don't have like a lot of the real knowledge, then you just accept things. Even if something's like a lot of times I'll hear something like that doesn't sound right. I don't care. Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Anyway, thanks again for the pod. Next best thing to having someone to talk about the show with. Never going to be able to see Jasper other than as the Joker again. (laughs) Oh, right. We never saw Jasper this episode. Yeah, there were a lot of people missing. A lot of people. Jaha, Maury, Murphy. Murphy. You know, I'm sure Luna was just walking them have sex all episode. Uh, Wasn't Miller also Miller, not yeah, Miller in the episode? Was, Miller was there with them at the on the island too. Like he was walking yeah. the sex too, and uh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And so we got Mega Riley. Yeah. Um, hashtag Mega Riley. Hashtag twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> Are you never going to let that go? That, that was funny. Mm, I meant right. to say kill Riley twenty seventeen because I'm murderous. Yes, you are. Because I'm a grounder. That's remember? what I love most about you, dear. Aw. All right. Shall we move on? Yes. All right. Yeah. So we're, so- we're, we're going to try. I mean, this that's the only email that we're incorporating into the middle of the podcast this week. But we're going to try to incorporate in the, throughout a little bit more if it makes sense. Yeah. Same with tweets. Uh, yeah. Um, not that so- we haven't. Not, we have been very bad about tweets. But that's because that- we get good emails and they're yeah, longer that's true. and they're more thought out. Um, Sorry, Twitter. 140 mm. characters. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to the actual Tinderbox part. Okay. Swipe swipe right. Swipe right on yeah. murder. Swipe right on murder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we start off with Ilian saving Octavia. Um, we both talked about how, how did we not see this coming? That was yeah. so silly of us. Yeah, of course. Of course that happened. I just didn't expect it to happen. I didn't expect their, like, I mean... I just didn't expect him to be at Sky, you know, at the Arcadia that quickly. Yeah. You know? Although they, Octavia brought it, I mean, she brought it up later, but she was like, he was already on the way here. Yeah, yeah he used her completely. I missed that on first yeah, watch, that that's, that's he was great. already on the way there. That makes sense. So I really like the setup of this episode and the, the use of the ensemble, I thought, was really strong. And as well as the use of, of Clark as a leader here. Because we set up, we have like a nice little moment with Nyla and Monty, which I was like, that's a combo I've never seen before. Yeah. A nice little moment with Nyla and Clark another nice thing we don't see that much and then we had like once they're protecting Octavia we have you know Clark you know talking with Monty he's like intelligent too and they're but he's still like kind of like it's kind of like he's like a higher up but he's still like a general right mm-hmm. and it's like he, he really he has a lot going on in this episode we have Harper who is you know he's sending her to be that you know sending envoys to the guards and I love like what we focus on her as a guard yeah um and we have you know Nyla's helping with Octavia it's a lot of just good interweaving of characters yes uh Harper really feeling like she has I don't know she's capable but she has like a heart yeah uh so dimension Mm -hmm. 
built to her there beyond yeah. like, oh, she's Monty's love interest. Mm. Not, I don't want to reduce her to that, but we we did know Monty first. Yeah, well, also like, she she had well, uh, yeah, but we also just haven't given her that much of her own stuff. Right. Uh, uh, I really like the sexual tension between Clark and Nyla. I love how you you. I didn't even really think about it that way, honestly. I don't think they're ever going there again. No, I don't think yeah. they are. But it was a little bit of the like previous tension <laughs> yeah like we, we've been there They're special yeah. to each other um also loved monty's sarcasm to clark when she asked yeah. about jaw yeah. it's like yes he's back and we didn't tell you well like, you mean bellamy i thought it was jaw no, found she, bellamy oh and... yeah yeah but she but she was asking about bellamy right uh well is why i think that's the thing is i didn't think about sexual tension between her and niall at all because clark was completely focused on have you talked to bellamy <laughs> that's true yeah. good point but um yeah. Going forward to their planning scene because mm. Octavia saved the day and mm-hmm. warned them yep. in her last choked out breaths <laughs> before she, passing out again. Before she has two other lives saved in the back of her pocket and uh, just never going to die. Never going to die. Octavia. I, yeah. I tweeted this. You can't spell Octavia without cat. Well, okay. <laughs> she has nine lives. Yes, but you can not in order. <laughs> but you need cat to spell Octavia. Okay. Yes, dear. Just agree with me and move on. <laughs> this is like our most awkward episode ever. It's like our first date after Tinder all over again. <laughs> um, yeah. So what were you saying? <laughs> I was saying Octavia that once they're... never dies. Right. Yes. But after she revealed oh, the war that they're coming, thing. there was the war council. Yeah. So first of all, so glad to see more of Miller's dad. You know, that they... What's his first name? Miller's dad. Isn't it... Is it David or Daniel maybe i feel like they said i don't know if we've ever heard it but i think we probably have at the if very you're gonna least, ask these kinds of questions i'm sorry look it up on imdb oh, first. I, fine <laughs> well i was gonna say i think they said it on the subtitle yeah like from when they're on the you know on the cliffs yeah. it had the subtitle of like the voice saying and it was like uh, someone like you recognize the voice but it said like daniel or david uh, or whatever and i'm yeah. like oh that but that's miller's dad's voice but mm. i can't for the love of yes. anything actually remember moving it. on <laughs> Don't be mean to me. It was my birthday yesterday. You're not well, allowed to be mean. I was nice to you then. Now it's over. <laughs> the party's over. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, yeah. So they're having the council, and uh, we have you know again Monty sort of taking center stage, also with some good Clark stuff. So they they want to you know create a ring, ring of fire, sort of reminiscent of uh, the end of season one, uh, and how they defeated the grounders back in the around the dropship. Oh, good point. Um. But Clark's like, no, we need the, you know, we can't risk the ship in any way. Uh, and she wants to go talk to Roan. And Monty, you know, channels Pike, uh, as Harper puts it. And uh, I thought that was that was an interesting moment. He's like, I know it sounds terrible, but, like, we do have the element of surprise. And we learned something from all that. Yeah. Uh, so He's that reluctant was, to say it. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, also back then, he was kind of on Pike's side. Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. He all was... Right. I. They did not handle. I mean, I feel like they handled Bellamy worse, but Monty was up there too, as far as the way they handled his him his connection with Pike. But moving forward, yeah. I think that this is what I want to be hearing. Yeah, you know, because I honestly feel like he was just like an afterthought, and it was just they suddenly are like, and like when they started in the back half of season three, like being like, oh yeah, he's a character. We like forgot about him. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Well, I would say it was more because Monty's mom was on the side of Pike. Yeah. So to have 
maybe yeah, Monty but have just, more with his mom. They never really showed, like, how did he actually feel I, about the massacre. I know. I, know. I <laughs> how agree. How did he feel about his mom? Was his mom part of it? I don't remember. Probably, right? I think so. Yeah. But point is that I do like the fact that he is citing Pike as yeah. an example to learn from. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then we move over to the quarry. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I know it was... I think I saw from behind the scenes filming that they said when we filmed in the quarry. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. so uh, yeah, they're there and they're there. Basically, they stop the procession of, of Ice Nation and we have this face off with, uh, you know, the, the site uh, snipers. snipers and uh, Clark being like, hey, Roan, buddy, let's go talk. And uh, so they go. But off it's a tra- ha- what if it's a trap? It is a trap. <laughs> great job echo yeah way e- to be clever. echo was kind of dumb in this episode she, she again was another one who's just given like setup lines yeah you know she's like oh why would you do that oh well obviously they do that for this reason <laughs> <laughs> like in case the viewers can't tell yeah. this is a trap <laughs> octavia has to be dead well obviously she's not like... <laughs> <laughs> well on the octavia is dead note yeah i love the fact that bellamy is there too have this realization mm. fairly soon after f- finding out that yeah, his sister thinking, is dead. Thinking she's thinking dead. She's dead. Yeah. So it's like, as he's realizing the hope is coming back to him that she is alive, that she has survived, Bob Morley does such a great job of like keeping the tears kind of choked back and not smiling, but not, I don't know. It was just yeah. such a beautiful performance yeah. in that scene. To me, the, the, on it personally, this has like pluses and minuses. I do agree his performance was like beautifully subtle and felt very like real and restrained. Yeah. And it was a nice like, contrast to how, how, how like, you know, big his uh, explosion. Operatic, yeah, as you yeah, said. Yeah. Uh, his explosion last week was. Uh, I And it was definitely nice that he was smart enough to figure it out and sh- showing like the, the poking out of the happiness coming out, like the small little glimmers of it. Right. I thought was really nice. At the same time, it, the fact that he found out so quickly, it was just like, man, why did we do this at all with Octavia? <laughs> that, that, that did cross my mind. Yeah. But I think I'm okay with it now yeah. because they didn't stretch it out. See, if they had stretched it out where yeah. the viewers know that Octavia's alive yeah. and she has saved the day by warning yeah. them for like two more episodes yeah, and yeah. Bellamy doesn't know yeah. until two episodes later, then I'd be like, you're yeah. kidding me, right? No, I, I get where you're coming from, for sure. I, I do know I thought some people, like, even though you liked this part of the scene, just being like, especially because also in contrast, in connection with the fact that we're, the way they connect again is during the explosion. It's mm-hmm. like, we didn't really get that, like, really heartfelt, recon- you know, seeing them come back together again scene that we kind of would want after last week. I suppose. Uh, I, think, like, I think what happened during the ship, you know, was pretty good. Uh, but I can see, I can, mostly I'm just kind of exposing what I heard from other people. That's fair. I'm pretty okay with it. I'm happy with it, but I can understand other people's perspectives on it. All right. So then we have Ronan Clark. In the cave. (laughs) Um. Can't have a season go by without a cave scene. (laughs) It's true. Uh, so there you have like a nice little political debate here. Uh, I love, you know, this is, you know. Maybe the best Ron's ever been as far as being sort of ruthless, antagonistic, but smart and open to, you know. Compromise? Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they end up with this compromise, I think, is great. Yeah, totally yeah. unexpected when you basically have him end the previous episode saying, we're going to go kill your people and take your ship. Yeah. No, just the, it just, it felt 
you know, I think we got a tweet that was like, it feels sort of like real politics, you know, mm-hmm. at least when they're done somewhat right, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. So let's, I'm going to talk about some of the specifics he said as far as he says, you learn nothing from Lexa. He rose above her loyalty to clan. Uh, you say you want to save everyone, but you built a ship for your people. Uh, so I thought this was interesting because it felt... Mm. It felt untrue. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if if you want to say that the show is doing revisionist history, if Roan is just trying to, like, provoke Clark by bringing up uh, Lexa. Lexa. I think to a certain degree, the show, even if it's not trying necessarily to do revisionist history, is trying to bring up the idea of unity and looking above your clan, which, of course, we have later on with Bellamy and, Octa- and uh, Echo, and he's like, aren't you tired of sides? Don't mm-hmm. you just want to... You know, work together. The you know, prime fire doesn't care who you are. Yep. Um, or what side you're on. And so I appreciate that like theme building here. And right. I, you know, I have some stuff I want to say about that in, in wake of the explosion. Especially since that is something that has woven through past seasons yeah. as a theme. Yeah. And but this would be the first time that we'd finally, they finally have something that they need to work to together in a way yeah. that's it's even bigger than the Mountain Men. It's like so, well, we have it, no choice but to work together. Well, that's the thing because Lexa did have a choice yeah. about the Mountain, and this is where the revisionist history comes in because she did look for clan. She yeah. did. She just clan to her was the Grounders. Yes, you know it was. Yeah, yes, okay, she united the, united the Grounders and everything, but she still saw Sky Crew as they're not my people. I'm willing to sacrifice them to protect my people. And she went back on an agreement yeah. of of diplo- diplomacy and yeah. alliance yeah. too. No, it's 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 very similar to what Clark is doing right now. Yeah. Uh, so so bringing up that Lexa wouldn't have done it yeah. is kind of wrong. It also made me. I, I think I tweeted about this, but I, I like people to you know remind me if I'm forgetting something or maybe explain something I didn't understand is looking back I'm kind of confused about like the history of the grounders and of the commanders because I'm like if Lexa was the first one that brought them all together into a coalition yeah into a coalition then what was what was Hedda before her which is like when what were the nightbloods and how did how do they have this religion based around the commander if the commander wasn't in charge of the coalition. In charge of all of the clans. Yeah, so, like, was it someone they still looked up and revered, but they weren't... Like, I don't really understand what that meant. Yeah, because Roan was saying, well, Lexa was tree crew, but yeah. she went... She she looked past tree crew, past her clan. It's like, okay, Yeah, like, if, but they, have, if they have this whole big religious aspect of, around this of great the, commander, then... Of the um, flame keepers going around from clan to clan yeah. trying to find... Yeah. Nightbloods as well. Yeah, especially like the way that they like set up a lot of the stuff with the Ice Nation about like we want our Hedda. It seems like something that would have been going on for years or whatever. Well, it reminds it, me of Avatar it, where it's it, like hmm. In that case could it be that she made the coalition be where like all of the voices of all of the clans are important instead of just like the clan from which the the commander came is came yeah, from which the commander came is now in charge. I Maybe. But I, Polis is seemingly where Tree Crew is, too. So. I, I guess so. It's always been a little bit unclear. Unclear is, like, Geography. what is Tree Crew specifically? Like, yeah. Uh, especially, I remember just, like, the weirdness of being, like, Anya seemed like she was, but then Indra kind of was, and then Lexa also, like, it was, the whole hierarchy there felt a little strange. I guess. But, um, 
and also like Tristan, I think his name was. He just kind of came out of nowhere. Don't remember. Him. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, maybe maybe people understand it better than I do, but I just don't really understand what thing like how things worked before Lexa united everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So until then, I feel like this is revisionist history, but maybe it's not. I mean, well, it still look, is in relation to Mount Weather. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, you can say that, like, yeah, she she decided to be like. I mean, maybe you're right that maybe it was before it was like, okay, now now you know, tree crews in charge because we have the Hedda. And instead, she was like, we're gonna become one, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna look at us as a group and uh, take ambassadors from yeah, all may- of you. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Um, it feels like that could be. It just seems strange because they they like forced Ice Nation into becoming part of the coalition. So what right. was it before that? Oh, good point. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little confused. And I feel like to hmm. a certain degree, like they're good about building stuff up, but I feel like in season one and two, it felt like they were kind of making some stuff up as they were going along and contradicting some of the ideas. I think they were like the idea of her uniting all the clans sounds cool, which it does, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't necessarily for season jive. three yeah and four. it doesn't necessarily jive with everything right well we we could be missing something but that said i still think that it was a good speech yeah i agree and, <laughs> it, and it certainly is smart for him to bring her up yes um and now you know i did like he was like oh you know if we if you fight though you know maybe you have the bullets but kane and bellamy are gonna die and she's she says you think you can shake my resolve i was willing to sacrifice my own mother to stop ally and i was willing to sacrifice my mo- my own mother to save you wah, wah, wah. oh god <laughs> yeah so i don't know i guess thought Elisa did a really good job of delivering that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that was a really good line for her. And it was good because, and I, I do wonder, I mean, this was an, like an episode where I thought for a second, maybe, you know, maybe this is a step too far for her after everything she's gone through. Maybe she actually will back down in order to save Bellamy. And I, I at this point, given how many times she has chosen the harder choice, mm-hmm. I wouldn't totally blame her. What I, What it comes down to is, if you're going to be emotional, I want you to sometimes be not emotional. And it you know? seems like she's good at that. Yeah. Like, she ha- she showed her balance here. But what I really like, again, yeah. repeating myself, but they are such good counterparts to each other. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to make sacrifices and Rowan being like, I already did make a sacrifice. Mm. It's like, whoa, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're really good. Yeah. So they compromise mm-hmm. 50-50, literally, <laughs> uh, for citizens of their people in the ark can yep. you imagine that that would be a hilarious sitcom <laughs> this... as get a roommate with a sky crew roommate oh my <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the webisodes oh fantastic <laughs> um all right so we have i guess we, we kind of we should talk about riley uh the riley of it all hashtag 2017 <laughs> so okay we should try to make a understandable explanation of our feelings about right, riley Olga, get neutral <laughs> shake it out okay. i mean i don't think you have to i think the whole point here is to explain why we've been why Shitting the feeling on. why the feelings have been created within us which is i think they just the problem is that i think the biggest difference between riley and ilian which i still feel like ilian could use some work mm-hmm. is is show don't tell they showed us ilian's trauma they showed us his motivation they told us riley's well, they yeah. showed it a little bit yeah, in how he was but threatened and beaten. And... They didn't show him get beaten, did didn't they? they? Didn't I, they? I think we no, I like, think no, we talked punched? about how they they should have done oh, that. Oh, right. Yeah, like well, 
It, we showed him, they showed him enslaved. Yeah, but my point is, it was a very, as far as what was actually happening, it was a very abstract idea, right? Like, we weren't yeah. like, it wasn't like we saw, like, a sequence of him without the other characters. We were seeing his life, and what, like, it's not like we got flashbacks to how difficult it was. Right. You know, like, oh, it was, mm-hmm. to me, it's like, it's just, like, I understand on the surface level, it's like, okay... The idea of slavery should be enough to make you sympathize with this character, but it's an abstract idea. There's nothing to latch onto this particular person and their particular struggles and their particular characteristics. Mm-hmm. It's just it it feels like they're giving it to him as a as a get out of jail free card. Uh, yes, you know, I, like you know, I'll I'll be honest. I I did express my like joking hatred of him last week. Yeah, but this is actually the episode where I truly learned to fully hate watching this character yeah because last week was like oh he feels like a rushed substitute for brian yeah um oh he's complaining about how this other girl is get darcy gets to be on the list when he doesn't after all that he's been through and and honestly uh, like i I don't want to be mean to the actor but i do agree with you that the acting is holding that character back to a certain so that's where it kind of stood last week yeah and then this week it you can say it's not his fault because or like the actor's fault in some way because the premise here is what is totally messed up Mm. for me like riley should not have been a factor that seems to be a consensus ha 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 (laughs) yes i love that line but i'm like oh so you're poking fun at the fact that you have made a contrived idea of even bringing him into this situation because i don't I don't get it. I think it's silly. Maybe it's the connection of well, he had more training than Darcy mm. as a as a soldier. Okay, well, he shouldn't be here. Like, there's literally yeah. no reason. They provide no reason for why he's there. Yeah, and well, then, well, okay. The reason is that uh, if you want to be generous, the reason is that they thought he could handle it. The reason is that things have been so rushed that they just got all their guards out and they weren't really thinking about it. I, I think when it, when it gets down to, like, the sloppiness and stuff, like, why would Monty take his eyes off of him after that beginning talking back and forth? Right. Why wouldn't he have sent somebody to be like, oh, you need to relieve Riley. He can't stay here. Like, we can't trust him. It, it's – it just feels – it just feels like he's a plot point. And, I mean, I've, I think you brought up a good point as far as he feels like a rush replacement for Brian. It's Brian, yes, okay, Brian had had this trauma, it was kind of his get-out-of-jail-free card, and he was angry, and he was a troublemaker, and he is like a forced powder keg plot point tinderbox in himself, you know, whatever you want to call it, Uh, but... He was three dimensional. He had he a relationship. He had a relationship yes. with with Nathan. He had good moments. He had positivity. He wasn't and and you know yeah that you had built him up as this other thing and their spy relationship and everything and him wanting a beautiful future with Nathan before you did all that and so it gives him nuance and it gives him like even though I disagree with him or I'm angry at him like I still like him and Riley instead it just feels incredibly like a forced character where. We're just being told that our characters have relationships with him that we haven't seen. Instead, all we've seen him in B is angry. Yeah. Uh, And that's exactly it. Oh, my God. It's Riley. Like, yeah, that was hilariously silly. But this has gone from silly to frustrating. Yeah. Well, he's it's it's sort of a classic uh, writing thing that I I guess I was going to say a writing blunder. But sometimes it it isn't. it, It reminds me in some ways of how people had a lot of issues with. It, it was a trope of uh, uh, shows with anti-heroes where people hate the wife 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's because, oh, the wife, they're just getting in the way of our characters doing cool things we want to see. Yep. And so they're just, like, annoying. Yep. And so when people have an issue with those, I think that there's, you know, often sexism involved. It's a whole other, a whole other can of worms. Right. But it is a difficult thing when, when the writer is giving them mostly that. They're mostly just standing in the way of our characters that we like. Yeah. And so I feel like this is what Riley is. He's this character who there's no reason to like him. There might be reasons to feel bad for him in an abstract sense. Yeah. Uh, but all he's doing is getting in the way and particularly ruining things for characters that we do like that do have nuance. Yes. And I'm and just like, get out of here. I don't need you. Exactly. <laughs> and drawing attention to the fact that it's not nuanced yeah. is not something that I can truly commend for yeah. like, why did he, why is he even here? Yeah. It's like, oh, Ha ha, he shouldn't be. Yeah. You're right, he shouldn't be. So should we, can we talk about the, can we, are we basically at the Bellamy part of this? I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did. I, I do want to throw in that I liked that Monty was brave enough to go down there and, and tell Echo, and I thought that was a great moment. Again, another moment of he's willing to sacrifice yeah. himself in, in a way in case this goes bad. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing a great job with, with Monty this season as far as intelligence, bravery, agency. Yes, agency. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. So, okay, so then we have the, the Bellamy and Echo walk. They have an interesting talk here. Again, we talked about the, the layers of, you know, un- uniting and unity yeah. day and whatever. Um, and uh, I I, do, I still feel like he was a little too nice to Echo, but I'll let it go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I don't I'm, care that he didn't kill Octavia. She tried to well, kill Octavia. Well, but here's the thing. He has enough control where he's like, if she was dead, these chains would be yeah, around your neck. Yeah. He doesn't he, – he acknowledges the fact that he – has murder on his mind of yeah. her. He's murder not, on his mind. He's not willing to <laughs> yeah. forgive her, but yeah. there's greater things at stake, and that's exactly what yeah. he's lecturing about. No, that, that's about. good. And I, I, I want to be clear again, like, I think that, yeah, that does show a, a, a strength in his character. I just don't know that I believe it, writing-wise, that mm-hmm. he wouldn't still be that upset. Like, right. he doesn't, you know, like... I would still be really angry even if if she especially cuz he doesn't know exactly how upset Echo was or didn't see what happened. It's like, "Oh, well you tried to kill my sister but you failed, so it's okay." <laughs> <laughs> She's stronger than you, yeah. bitch. <laughs> yeah. But I you know, it's I so but I, I mean, I I complain often about him not being able to like, restrain himself and so yeah, him being able to be smart enough not to attack Echo. I'll give kudos for that. Especially sure. since he's lecturing uh, Riley about restraint. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The actual Back and forth with Riley here, I feel is has its strong points and its weak points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his specific things about how you can't get massacres out of your head, how war made me a murderer, these are great things, uh, culminations for his arc, and, and are things that help me be able to move forward with him. Uh, at the same time, I think the Riley part of it just hurt this scene too like riley isn't worth this yeah well it's i mean the whole thing of him like sort of it was kind of like a weird blocking thing of him like swooping it from the side of the screen in front of and it's like he's trying to keep echo he's trying to stand in the line of fire of echo so echo doesn't shoot him but then at one point they're both standing on either side of riley and i'm like Bellamy, this is the point where you stand in front of the gun yeah of in front of riley's gun not around it well i mean my other feeling was okay so like i was at the point even earlier in the episode where i was like monty just shoot riley like literally just shoot him i don't care how much he's been through he's going to create a massacre well i think the problem with that is everything was so 
it was a tinderbox. It was very yeah. tense. Yeah. Is if a shot went off, yeah. the mayhem would have been enough to set the oh, archers. Okay. I'm not being like literal. Like he should have just immediately. My point is like sneak up behind him, take him down, like do whatever you need to do. Like I and I wasn't even saying like in that moment. I meant like when when he left. Like when when Monty first got up to go go, I thought he was going after Riley, and I, I was like, I, I hope I, he has to kill Riley because Riley fucking sucks. I suppose, <laughs> but I think the premise still stands. If a gunshot went off. It would I, be enough. I guess. I don't no, know. No, I think that's what they were getting at. If a gunshot goes off, that will well, make Well, okay, it seem... either way. Moving All on right. from specific... My point, My point. I don't, I'm don't. i not even saying that Like I wish that happened. My point is, while I was walking, that was the feeling I had, because okay. someone just freaking take him out. Okay. Like, we don't I, need him. This is stupid. And I can so, sympathize. Yeah. I had that same thought, but yeah. on rewatch, I was but, like, but if... Yeah. Riley's fingers on the trigger. Yeah. Then that could happen. But no. But so yeah. my 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 actual point was that was just my buildup. Was, right. That was where my head was, which was just like, why do we even need him? And so then having Bellamy just stand in the way of stopping him, and then like try to talk to him rather than just take like Rome wasn't even out yet, right? When it first yeah. started, just tackle him, like just punch him in the face, let let you know Echo shoot him in the shoulder. Like I like I don't understand and. And the thing is, I might have understood that if it was a different character. If, if you know, Brian or if Monty, if I had changed things around in some way and Monty was really angry, like Harper had died or something. Right. You know, like, I would have been like, okay, I care about this character. So even though, you know, technically maybe Bellamy is making a bad tactical move, I can connect with this choice. Right. Uh, I can't connect with this choice when it's Riley. Yeah. And so I'm like... You know, okay, maybe you're making, you know, in so yes, I I do want to say on the one hand, like it's good that he was able to talk him down. He's learning that violence isn't always the answer. On the other hand, I'm just like, you're literally risking everything for this character who has no character. Yeah, I agree. And so it makes me less sympathetic with your choice because the char- the writing is making it harder for me to sympathize with your protagonist of this plot line. I agree. No, I definitely do agree. Um. Yeah, I felt yeah. a similar way where I'm like, he's not worth trying to save. Yeah. It, it, I wish I felt differently. Yeah. I don't like to dislike a character yeah. this this much. It's not fun yes. to and, roll my eyes and not want to rewatch an episode because it features yeah. someone so much. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying that, like, I understand that within the world of the show, Riley has it canonically matters to Bellamy. Yeah. And so, you know, even though I doesn't matter to me, like it's the it is the same thing as if it was Brian or whatever to right. Bellamy. But the point, the problem is that there shouldn't be a disconnect between what the character's feeling and what the like there shouldn't be unless they want you to have a disconnect, mm-hmm. there shouldn't be a disconnect like this. I shouldn't be so not on board with his actions when when the writing wants you to be on board with his actions. Yeah. And do you want to bring up the Riley Finn thing? <laughs> The Riley Finn thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I thought it was funny. I had seen someone, I forget who it was, that on Twitter talking about how they didn't think there would be ever someone that they hated more than than uh, Finn on this show. And they were like, Riley Finn, that's that character everybody hates on Buffy. <laughs> funny about yeah. how Buffy was yeah. ignored. <laughs> Buffy keeps coming up one way or another. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> nothing happened. They Echo neutrally says to... Roan when they come out from the cave mm-hmm. and it's like R- echo maybe you should tell him that something almost happened i don't know that would be my opinion yeah. whatever yeah. but yeah. just in that nick well of time, no but i think that that was supposed to be a big character moment for her that she was finally you know she wasn't just doing 
the oh. she was looking past the clan, right? Oh, that I was see. her that was her like sort of beginning of her redemption moment. Okay. Right? I can see that. Uh, which I, I find okay. <laughs> right. I mean like no, I get it. my problem I like with, it. My my yeah no I mean it was good I I'm still nervous about uh, now that now the way he acted I'm still a little bit nervous about Balamine Echo but not as much as I was but I, it's still a little apprehensive but all it's right. a good it's a good moment for her character yeah uh well while all of this very neutral coming together yes is happening it's beautiful <laughs> Ilian's being a tool over it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Over in the server room, which apparently anyone can have access to. And where which he understands somehow that it's a server room and that would be where he should go. And that he understands that these chemicals, uh, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing that you noticed was mm. that Octavian never actually tells Ilian that the reason they need the Ark is, is because it's the only haven from the end of the world. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, he, he could have said that and he could have still been like, I don't believe you. Yeah. You'll say anything to protect your people or whatever. Like, so... Or done the similar thing that Luna said about maybe we don't deserve yeah. to survive because he's carrying the guilt yeah. of killing his family. Yeah. I am... Um, the other thing that you brought up to me too, I, this is the episode that... This is the thing that feels riddled with weird plot choices as far as you were like why are nyla and octavia the only people looking for him why was nyla the only person looking after octavia yeah i mean i understand that a bunch of people went off as guards but where is everybody else where are like the the other i mean there were clearly other medics yeah like so what and like honestly like what you should i guess okay she needed octavia to show her where the server room is because i was like why now she just go on her own so she isn't dragging octavia around. well what i was thinking is why didn't they say we have someone trying to destroy the ark from inside you go there you go there yeah. you go there do, like, like, do, and... do like an intercom call like, yeah. like jasper was gonna do last episode exactly like have them split up and yeah. nyla and octavia be a pair yeah that just so happens to be the one to find Ilian. Mm-hmm. but i would have liked it if they had announced like we have someone from inside trying to destroy the Ark. Yeah. Be careful. Try and find him. Don't kill it him. It actually could have been an interesting moment for Jasper. If... But that's a contract thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just... Well, yeah, but the contract thing is a certain number of episodes. Yes. It could have had this episode. It could have, could have been out of a different episode. You know well, what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. My, I feel my, like it didn't... This episode didn't need him. Well, I, I'm not saying that it did. I'm just saying that it could have been a, a step f- in a different direction for him mm-hmm. if... You know, it's one thing for him to be like, oh, I don't care about the world ending when it's a far off abstract idea that he's going to blow up. Mm -hmm. It's another thing if you're like, hey, Jasper, nobody else is here. This guy's going to blow up. The only way that like Monty can survive is that going to make Jasper do something a little bit different this season? I I see where you're coming from. But I feel like that might have overcrowded this episode. Oh yeah, okay. I'm I, I'm not necessarily. I'm just saying that that could have been a, an interesting wrinkle, and All I right. think I think they'll get somewhere like that later yes. on. I, I hope they do. I, I hope yeah. they do as well. Yeah. But I I would have appreciated some background characters having something to do to make yeah. this make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Speaking of things that don't make sense, I wish that Ilian got caught in the crossfire. Well, I, not even crossfire. Like I actually would have respected both the character and the plot line a little bit more if he like was purposely killing himself like in the a, midst of it frankly like a suicide yeah bombing yeah i mean i i just think it would have been darker and more powerful and and makes i think it made sense for his character to be like i've destroyed everything i don't deserve to survive but i'm going to you know get vengeance from my family and go and especially like because it reminded me so much of um of 
well, I'm trying to remember the, the Mount Weather guy. Did he was he being a suicide bomber? No, he no, he tried to run out. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but I think like, he mostly tried to run out to make sure that they didn't stop him. But maybe which I'm wrong. Mount Weather guy? The one he blew up. The guy who blew up the assassin who blew up Mount Weather. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. From um, Asgeta. Yeah, but there was definitely a lot of similarities to that as far as uh, you know, sort of the guy from within and the fact that they that he trusted a grounder and it led to this explosion and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, it's not she really trusted him she well he, clark i'm talking oh, about clark yeah yes. clark let her let him in and, yeah. yeah and no one drag, yeah. dragged him back out because there were greater threats yeah he he just wasn't noticed he wasn't a priority yeah. so honestly i'll understand or i do understand why he wasn't noticed yeah i take issue with the fact that once octavia said something yeah that, she yeah. didn't say the right like it was still mm. a good speech bringing up how she was a prisoner on the ship mm. she hates it but well, I was they saying well, I was saying once Octavia said something that they didn't sound the alarm. Oh, yeah. oh, in but that I agree sense. with you. Like Octavia, like I thought the actress did a good job. Octavia did her best, but the fact they specifically all she said was, "Now we need it." Uh, I mean, it, be are more we, specific. Are we supposed <laughs> to assume that he, for some somehow, already knows about the end of the world? Prime Fia is supposed to, or not Prime Fia, the second Prime Fia, yeah. uh, needs to be kept a secret still yeah i mean i am in general unclear on how many of the ice nation people know now because last we had heard the only people that knew were roan and echo yeah so i don't it's weird i don't know but uh Ilian survives his own explosion he saves nyla. and he saves nyla and yeah. octavia and that leads to a really incredible scene and a reunion that i liked of octavia and bellamy and mm clark of you know octavia again choking out i tried Mm. to stop him and it's this nice thing of like the way bellamy is holding her but octavia is also holding clark's hand as they watch the arc fall apart i don't know i really like that trio and we don't see them together in that way yeah like positive coming together very often yeah no it's good and i I do hope that we get more positive uh octavia and clark stuff going forward yes me too yeah I, I definitely think that's good. One thing I want to ask you about this is what did you do you think that uh, Nyla should have died here? I don't know. I like Nyla a lot. Yeah. I hope she gets more stuff. I like the actress. I yeah, uh, look, I, I don't I'm not necessarily saying that I advocate for her specifically dying, but it, again, no I, named characters died in this episode. Yeah, again, yeah. And so with the arc falling apart like that? Yeah. Maybe the idea is it's devastating enough without it, which yeah. honestly I feel it. Like yeah, yeah. I felt a bit of the devastation. They're killing. Of it. They're killing a piece of the show, even if they're not killing a character. Yeah, and I, I'll give them that. I just I am again. I just think it's the it's the it happening right after Octavia that I'm like. I feel like when things like this used to happen, you know, even like Gina, it's just people would die. You yeah, know, like, yeah. But May- or it'd be Maya, or you know, like I hope since they saved Nyla. Mm. I hope that they and they saved Elian. Mm. I hope that they have something greater, a greater role to play yeah. going forward. Yeah, to make it worth it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm also wondering what they're going to continue to do with Riley on beyond this point because you know Bellamy says I your life was saved for a reason. This isn't it. Oh God, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I I don't know. I want to be positive about it, but yeah. at the end of the day, we're just two very bloodthirsty people. <laughs> well, I also like. I want to say. I do like Ilian. I think the actor, you know, in yeah. contrast to Riley, I think the actor is fantastic. Yes. And I think there is more stuff stuff to potentially do with him. Yes. I, for me, honestly, the biggest issue with this was just that I knew what he was doing the entire time. And I knew that he was going to be successful because of the poster. You know, so. I, I was 
I knew he would be successful yeah. because I'm like, well, yeah, uh, like I said at the top of the podcast, yeah. war is not going to break out in this explicit yeah, way. So, um, I did want to quickly touch on, and I don't know if this is going to be controversial to some people. Oh no, I uh, already said the term suicide bombing yeah. earlier. Uh, so. Just that I definitely got uh, like shades of 9/11 in this, and also not even just because of what happened, but because of already building up the idea of looking beyond you know, petty squabbles, uniting behind something and and creating unity behind something that's such a drastic thing that affects everybody. Uh, the problem I have with this comparison yeah. is that while it did in some way, you know, after terrorist attacks, we're from Boston, so, you yeah. know, more recently it was the marathon bombing. Um, but, you know, after a terrorist attacks, people come together. Yeah. And unite, and they support each other, and it shows a really beautiful side of humanity. Yeah. Um, that said, and I can't, especially in our current climate, de-emphasize this, is that it still demonizes a group. Yeah. In this case, in the United States, it's demonizing yeah. Muslims. Yeah. And it's like Muslim extremism, and he's, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, but okay. It, uh, no, 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 I know, yeah. I know. But the reason that I have some discomfort of saying like well it brings people yeah. together it's like right but it also alienates a group and even if that is maybe yeah. an echo no pun intended <laughs> no pun intended of what they're trying to say of like after after something this devastating yeah. tree crew and uh, i mean tree crew sky crew as they're gonna have to come together truly yeah and remain allies yeah. But I, I can't just say, like, hey, after this, it's pure unity. Well, yeah. I know that's I, not the point you were yeah. making, but I just want to make that. Yeah, no, and I get that. I, I think, well, but the thing is, I think that this show has, in sci fi in general, has the capacity to show the best case scenario of what could happen. Yeah. Which is, I think you could be like, I mean, because you know, honestly, the best case scenario would be like, oh, we unite against the extremists specifically. We unite against terrorism. Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately. The anti science yeah, extremists, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Like, uh, but no, I mean, I'm saying even in the and, show. And I'm saying no, I'm saying in real real life. Like, okay. be best case scenario in real life is we don't unite against Muslims. We unite against you know the extremist terrorists who are trying to hurt us. We make the yeah. distinction. Yeah, and yeah. that would be the and I think it. You know, they could do something interesting where next week people are out for blood and they want to take down his entire clan and sort of echoing that. But then oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm. So, I yeah. hate that her name is yeah. Echo. <laughs> echoing that, but then potentially showing us a better way where our characters talk it down and, and we say we have to stop this. We need to just actually work together. Yeah. I, uh, I would love it yeah. if they actually have that example of it. Yeah. But you instead. make, you make a really good point there for it's sure. It's not pure unity after an attack. De like definitely, this. definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, it definitely creates an us versus them thing too. Of course. Yeah. And it, it, while it breaks down certain barriers, it creates new ones. Different ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so on that cheerful note, um, you can contact us with feedback. We love feedback. We have a section for it, and we will be interspersing it, hopefully more throughout the podcast. So if you got something short and sweet, probably, hopefully included in the podcast eventually, <laughs> and not just responded to by us, you can tweet us at The100Podcast. Well, I should point, I mean, like, I do usually actually respond to you there, even if yes. I'm not on the podcast. Yeah, so that's the thing, where we normally do respond to our tweets. And I do live tweet. Yes, he does. I do when I can. I have a class on Wednesday nights. So, anyway, uh, you can go to our brand spanking new website, <laughs> the100podcast.com. You can go to our not-so- 
spanking, spanking new. <laughs> Not so spanking. Not so spanking. Uh, the 100-podcast.tumblr.com. Which Send I just realized, I don't know if I ever put it up on Tumblr this week. Good work. Yeah. Good work, Dan. <laughs> remembering our roots um <laughs> and you can also send us feedback longer feedback to the hundred pod at gmail.com uh this is all hundred one zero zero for all of these various methods of contacting dan and i but what can or they dan do and me, dan and me. <laughs> what can they do if they're going to be really nice and make us happy they can pretty please review us on itunes <laughs> leave us a rating or some feedback as well on there their review that's the word um yeah it takes some time for it to show up so you know if you did we might not have seen it yet so get on it yep. sooner so we can acknowledge our thanks to you on the next podcast great thank you and thank you if you have done it. We appreciate it. All right. I'm going to read this first email from Kelly. <clears throat> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Hi again. Still loving the podcast. No worries. Uh, I wanted to respond to your Luna talk in the 404 and the 404 podcast and defend her position a little. Firstly, I think it, I think it should be remembered that Luna was kidnapped as a child, taken to Polis, and trained to kill purely because she was a nightblood. This led to Luna killing her own brother in the conclave, after which she fled uh, fled the violence of grounded culture to become a pacifist and isolationist. The first time Luna met Sky Crew, they also want her for the night blood, and with Clark attempting to put the flame in her by force. So it's perfectly understandable that Luna doesn't trust these people as they set out to use her for her special blood again. Sky Crew say Luna is not their prisoner and she has a choice, but remember in early season two when Dante insisted that the Sky Kids and Mount Weather weren't prisoners and that they'd only take their blood as from volunteers? Dante never intended to harm the delinquents, but by the end of season two he resigned himself to Cage drilling the kids to death because it was the only way to save his people. In 405, we already see Abby threatening to risk Luna's health to drain more of her blood. Isn't this getting close to Dr. Singh experimenting on the Sky Kids? Didn't we hate Cage and Singh uh, and want the Sky Kids to escape the mountain? If so, can we really blame Luna for wanting to escape from the same situation? This is such a good point. Multiple points. Yeah. These are great. Yeah, this is a great email for sure. I, I do think that there are some differences, but you're definitely drawing on parallels that are, are worth mentioning. Yes. Um, for me, the, the biggest difference being that... I, I, for me, a lot of this comes down to a greed versus feeling of necessity. Like, the the mountain men didn't... They could have just lived, lived in the mountain, you know, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, there was nothing about, like, there was radiation seeping in or anything. I don't remember. But as far yeah. as, as, far they were as I remember... just getting sick of it. And certainly not at the beginning of the, of the season when they were just, you know, having the Reapers and everything. Or were they getting sick of it? Or was it that they needed... They were using the grounders. Yeah, so I, that, yeah. that's what I was saying is I don't... They just wanted... Oh, no, that was necessity. They needed the grounders in order just to, to live. Was that true? I think it was. Jeez, my memory is so bad. Yeah, I'm like, wait okay. a second. Okay, no, no, this oh, was necessity. No, what it was was the Sky Kids they didn't need. Yes. Yeah, the Sky Kids, they didn't need... All That was always in order to get back on the ground. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I do think it was complicated, but that's... I mean, that's what always comes up with me feeling about, like, also, like, Ice Nation, where I feel like, to me, even though, like, we have, you know people are characters making difficult decisions ice nation just wanted power you know mm-hmm. and to me that's a different level right. um 
but I, I but you're you're right. I maybe I'm forgetting some of the stuff with Matt Weather. Well, but... I I want to focus more on Luna. Yeah. Of the fact that well, first of all, we totally forgot that her brother. Yeah, died in the conflict. Yeah, it was... I want to rewatch the Luna episode from season three too. Yeah, uh, especially since she's so pivotal again. Yeah. Um, and it's true. It seemed like necessity for her to be the one to take the flame, and they brought her. Sky Crew brought her nothing but pain and her people pain as well, and yeah. they found a way around that well, too. So. I mean, they didn't. F- I mean, yeah, okay, they they did in that in that season three episode, but yes. they also were trying legitimately trying to help her in the previous episode. They were. Uh, no, no, I, I'm acknowledging that yeah. as well, but I can see why. They didn't. She doesn't trust yeah. them more clearly than I did last week. Yeah. Thank you for this email and for bringing up this. Yeah. I mean, but so what I want to say, like, I always felt like I and I, this certainly adds extra levels, but I always felt like I understood emotionally where she's coming from. At the end of the day, though, like she is turning her back on saving like everybody. It's mm-hmm. not just like, you know, even if they. You know, even if the I don't know, even if they were using you, well, can't you understand why they are? <laughs> it's, I don't. I think we can. I think it's about understanding her hesitation yeah. too, and feeling like it specifically about how the pseudo idea of her having a choice where she doesn't. Yeah, she had all these times when it felt like she had a choice, but yeah. she didn't. Well, I mean, I can certainly understand why she why. Like, if they were legitimately going to kill her, I can understand it, too. And I can understand why she'd be afraid of that possibility. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as... You're right. Okay, they're getting close to Sing, but they just they aren't Sing yet. Yeah, they're know? not yeah. Sing yet, but I think the yeah. parallel still exists. Yeah, for yep. sure. Yep. I, yeah. All right, so this is from Nicole. She wanted to crowdsource it on Indiegogo is now my favorite line in this podcast. <laughs> also, all the gushing about Jaha. We don't always agree on every character, but I love the Thelonious Jaha appreciation from you guys. I was frustrated with the way he was underused as a character, plus Isaiah as an actor, last season due to being under Ali's influence and having a lot of his humanity and nuance gone. I've been so relieved and excited watching him interact with Clark this season. It feels like the old complex Jaha is back and isn't a straight villain, but not necessarily a good guy either, and just the right amount of cunning and cult leadery. <laughs> Leader-y. Leadershipiness. Uh, leadershipiness, yes. <laughs> Definitely a word. <laughs> I'm digging it a lot. That said, I don't see him becoming the new Titus. I think you're just distracted by their similar haircut. <laughs> That's all, Dan. I don't see it. Uh, yeah. Really wouldn't be surprised if he somehow ended up Chancellor again, though. I agree. Yeah. I, well, okay. Uh, well, so we'll see about that. But as far as the Titus thing, I don't, I don't, I don't like really mean that he'll actually, <laughs> I, I was going overboard when I was like, oh, he may, might actually become Flamekeeper. No, you're right. But I, I still feel like he is thematically already there. Yeah. He's uh, an advisor. Yeah. Like her, yeah. Her closest advisor. As who, far was, as, who knows a lot about leadership yeah. and has seen other leaders yeah. come and go, yeah. arguably. Yeah. Um, as for him becoming chancellor again, we kind of mentioned last week and about how he doesn't actually undermine Clark. So it's it's a balancing act of well he still could be but at the same time he seems to not want it or not yeah. be going after I it. I don't think that he thinks he deserves it yet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out for sure. Yeah. Um do you want to take the next one Dan? Yippers. Let me bring it up on my iPad. iPads guys. Bring Check it. them out on t- check out a good Tinder app on iPad. <laughs> Uh, people Dan. listen to us for some reason i don't i listen to you for some reason i don't know uh so amy emails in this week at amy joe five one five four one 
First and format, blah, blah. first and foremost, I sit patiently each week waiting for your podcast to drop. I really love the discussion and different perspective I get from listening. I really enjoyed last night's episode and so and so far season four. I think it's probably my favorite. I feel like it was a solid episode, other than my strong urge to say damn it Riley or damn it Ilian in an immense number of times. <laughs> I thought it was it flowed really well and had me kind of on the edge of my seat thinking, What? No way uh, as new cool things were revealed. One thing that had me a little confused, so I thought I'd ask your thoughts. Raven had her quote-unquote spacewalker moment of hallucination. They said it had to do with being disconnected from Alley slash the City of Light so abruptly and leaving parts of the information still in Raven's brain. I thought this was referring to the EMP used to get Raven out, but if that's the case, why does Abby seem also to show symptoms? She was also, the EMP was also used on her. Yep. Uh, it, if it's not the EMP and just has to do with when Clark threw the switch, then doesn't that mean everyone in the City of Light could have brain damage? Or was it that only those who were more deeply controlled by Allie have more severe symptoms? Okay, yeah. So basically what it comes down to, you just forgot that Abby was the only other one who had the EMP used on her. Uh, yeah. Uh, what they said, Raven had a specific speech. And honestly, I missed this speech the first time. Like, mm. didn't fully understand what she was saying yeah. until we rewatched it about Raven saying how the EMP is like a drastic surge. Yeah. Or something along those lines. They're talking about RAM and OS. Yeah, yeah. technology. I don't. I'm bad yeah. uh, with that shit. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um, but everyone else had the right kind of switch turned off yeah, from within I, the city of light, and that was Clark. Yeah, I mean the basic idea I think was just that when you shut it off with the with the switch in the city of light, it just shuts it off the way a thing should be shut off. When it was shut off suddenly like that, things memory was still left in the RAM is so in their brains in this case. Yeah. And where the heck were Murphy and Amori? They were there went with Raven, Abby, and Jackson, but we didn't see them or hear from their, what they were up to, unless I missed something. Again, they they were just they were they're contracted and allowed them to be on the episode. <laughs> That's the answer. It costs a lot of money <laughs> to have people in every episode. <laughs> they were just sleeping with Luna. Uh, I thought this episode had so many good moments. I love the interactions between Nyla and Sky Crew, from the trade goods with Monty to the hello friend to Clark. Hopefully stays as a strong, positive female friendship. Yeah. To running with Clark, hell, uh, to, from running with Clark to help Octavia to Monty, holding her after the arc explosion. I th- I really thought that was a great development for her relationships with other peeps, uh, with our peeps. And I hope she becomes more important as we go forward. It feels like Riley is moving towards a very Pike-esque arc where we have a very, a very few details about him and why he is so angry, other than being a slave, which in itself is plenty to be angry about. We don't know who he is or what he's been through, so I hope they expand on that more and at least make the character worthwhile. Side note, who the hell thought it was a good idea to give him a gun and let him... Uh, what? Let him safely point Sa- it. Yeah, safely pointed at Ice Nation. Seriously? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, the thing about Pike was, I mean, I do remember when it, Pike started, I was kind of like, okay, that seems like over the top. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really got me to like Pike was that even if we didn't understand him fully, you know, before the flashback and stuff, he was being smart and he was to a certain degree restrained at moments. Yeah. So there was, there was nuance. And okay, like, I guess you could say by the end of this episode, Riley did get talked down. So that, that gave him something. I, but I just, just don't feel it. If someone, yeah. honestly... I would love to hear feedback from someone who felt very differently from us or even somewhat differently from us when it comes to Riley. Because, I mean, maybe I really hope that I'm not so caught up in my dislike of him. Yeah. 
to resent seeing him on screen. Mm. I don't have high hopes for that, yeah. though. But Yeah, I mean, I just... I don't know. I, I I wanted to give him a shot. It was just I I for me in like the last episode it was about the actor and then this episode it was just that he was so in the forefront when we still don't really understand him. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, there's a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to oh, continue. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh anyway, uh, I really love listening to you guys each week and you help my brain analyze things that I probably never would have thought about. So keep up the good work and I look forward to hearing your 4 or 5 discussion. Which you did if you're hearing your own feedback (laughs) all right right. last one last one this is from a content but sometimes frustrated listener this is what they they left as yeah we're not saying that about this person um i love your podcast mainly because it's middle of the road you're not casual viewers but you don't go into deep analysis either uh there are other podcasts for that it's not purely personal opinion but it's not objective analysis either you point out things that i don't think about because i mainly pay attention to the details the facial expressions how it's said why it's said basically why did writers decide to show us this you point out the obvious flaws which i tend to overlook it's a refreshing listen however i have to make some uh points of critique as well because it does frustrate me the bellamy dilemma in 402 is a good example you do a good job of pointing out the flaws of the setup of the dilemma the multiple ways they could have found another way This is all fine if you're critiquing the writers, but you can't critique the character's choices based on that. In that case, you have to base your opinions on the premise the writers have provided. Otherwise, it's a fallacious argument. Let's stop there. Yeah. All right. So I'm sorry, but don't tell me what I can't do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can totally, uh, I 100% believe you can critique the character based on the setup and the way that the writers wrote that character. It's when you set up a a bad thing and it affects how it fixed how you as a viewer feel about the character because of the way they set it up and then the decisions that they're making based on that also that the character doesn't notice the flaws that i'm noticing yeah you know, that the that, character <laughs> that's what gets me a lot you know we understand that they're written by the writers yeah. but it's human to take it out like when there's a performer in front of you and we're we're basing this off of the perspective and what we're presented yeah and who is presenting it and it is the character yeah so it's like well the character even though technically someone else wrote them into this situation it's like well but i'm critiquing the character because that's what i'm seeing well we're critiquing the way the character was written yeah 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 Yeah. we're, we're not i'm not like i'm really you know i said from the very beginning with the bellamy dilemma that like I'm not talking about what I would have done if I was in that situation. I understand emotionally why he made these choices. Mm-hmm. I'm when I'm ta- when I'm talking about the character, I'm critiquing how they wrote the character and how that writing influences how I, as an audience member, feel about the character. Yes, you know, you can't, Be- <laughs> yeah. Well, I believe you can't actually yeah. easily separate the two yeah. things and in a show that I gets you involved. Well, I also don't think you should because I think that's part of critiquing the writing. Yeah, as far as how the writing sets up how the audience reacts to a character as far as you know maybe in real life and maybe within the world of the show it makes sense that bellamy keeps making emotional decisions because he can't help himself and that's who he is or whatever but as a viewer i am looking at how the writers just keep writing him in a a, you know in a circle over and over again he doesn't seem to learn anything and he doesn't have the nuance that other leaders have well and and maybe in this episode like we said it seems like he's getting closer well, but, yeah, but I also point, think this but... episode was a good point when I was trying to bring up earlier, whereas, like, okay, like, I, again, if I'm putting myself in the role of Bellamy in this situation where, canonically, he cares about Riley, mm-hmm. then sure, like, 
that makes sense, but that doesn't, but I'm still as a viewer annoyed with walking Bellamy in the sequence because of the way that this sequence has been set up. Yeah. And so it's affecting how I connect with the character. While we acknowledge the premise slash the terms that are set up for us. Yeah. And we do, like yeah. we did in this yeah. podcast, acknowledge the premise and yeah. the shoes that Bellamy is in. It's just, that's not how viewing something purely works. Yeah, like, and it's, I guess yeah. don't, and it's just not, I mean, I know it's complicated when you're using the word character, but I'm still talking about the writing. Yeah. You know, I'm not like, look, I guess it's more complicated when you're talking about like the moral dilemma where you're like, okay, let's under let's, let's accept that this is the situation, what choice should he have made or whatever but i'm i am i'm talking about the fact that they're writing the character this way and that then that that they don't set up a, a nuanced enough situation for him to make nuanced choices and that they don't let you know that's yeah. just what it comes down to yeah i mean as for something earlier about how we don't pay a whole lot of attention to the details i mean you're pretty much right about that we do cop to certain details do get by us but you know that's also not what we're trying to do yeah in this yeah and i i mean i think that a lot of the detail stuff comes from from previous that previous episodes which is we just we don't have the time to go scouring through and constantly be rewalking stuff right i, I feel like i knew more last po- last season's podcast because i had just binged through the whole show again again and for I didn't, you like yeah. what the second time third time third time you know i've yeah. seen the show a lot i don't really want to rewalk all the episodes again for a while right you know like i'm and I have, a, like I said, I have a bad memory. I'm not going to remember every little yeah. detail. Yeah, and, you know, again, there are other podcasts and sources that do that. Yeah. And I highly encourage, you know, not just to the person who sent us this email, yeah. again, but other people. If, like, you feel like we're missing stuff yeah. and you're frustrated by it, then come to us for the critique of the episode. Go to yeah. them for the detailed analysis. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like we're missing something, also, like, please send it in. Yeah, We'd love exactly. to hear it. That's yeah the yeah. most important thing yeah so yeah we'd love you know if we're missing things we would love to hear it and talk about it um, yeah and that's why part of big why we do these uh feedback segments yeah I, I definitely agree and yeah. i mean i do i do take slight umbrage with acting like we don't pay attention to the looks of the characters and why the writers wrote certain things i think that's half of what we talk about yeah i mean yeah, a little bit yeah i mean half of i mean maybe you're interpreting their looks different than we than we are but we certainly talk about the looks that the characters make exchange with yeah. each other yeah, frankly yeah. in our defense of ourselves you know um all right so i listened to your 404 podcast and this show has some of the best titles on tv right now i will agree that a lie guarded alley guarded was a little on the nose but the titles have several meanings all of them sometimes i think you fail to appreciate how detail oriented the writers are or maybe you don't notice the details Again, we said we don't always <laughs> notice the details. Uh, and I think that is a shame because I know you love the show. Imagine how much more you would love it if you picked up all on all of the little details, parallels, and callbacks the writers gave to each episode. I would love if you would comment more on the parallels the show is making, sho- practically shoving in our faces. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, especially this season. For 404 alone, there's 10-plus references to earlier episodes, 205 and 302 in particular. I'm curious to see if you pick up on the Abby-Jackson dialogue when Raven is spacewalking and the callback to 401. So first of all, uh, I will say I, I appreciate your feedback, and we will certainly take it into advisement, and we, you know, we, we certainly are open to trying to focus more on the details, and I, you know... I will give it a shot as far as trying to look into the titles a little bit more before podcast. Sure. At the same time, I do want to say I I don't really appreciate the sort of passive-aggressive condescending tone of this email. And, uh, you know, 
I think that we do talk about a lot of the parallels. Maybe there are more than we talk about, but like, like we were saying, this is a hobby for us. This isn't, you know, we don't want to be spending hours and hours in this. We, ha- we like having a talk. We like, you know, it's the point of our podcast is to have it feel like you're talking to a friend, hopefully an intelligent friend about a show that you like and having, you know, your opinions, but also delving into the characters and our feelings about the writing and the acting and the directing. Uh, and, and I the scenery and the music. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like we definitely get into, you know, certain details in at length. As far as specifics of the titles go, I have to, I mean, I'm not saying like, sure, I'm sure we've missed some things. I'm sure we've missed some callbacks and, and things like that. We, I fully cop to us missing the fact that it was alley guarded yeah. and not a lie guarded yeah. as the pure thing. That was silly of us. We yeah. Could have caught that, yeah. but we didn't. Yeah. And I wish I remembered who pointed it out to us on Twitter. A few people did, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, look, like, pointing it out to us, super happy about. Thank you for doing that. I think that there's there's a way of, of doing that kind of thing. And I will say, to me, Alley Guarded is actually the most interesting title of the season. Yeah. Because that actually was clever. To me, you know, Echoes, Tinderbox, like, The Four Horsemen, uh, Heavy Lies the Crown, these are really generic titles. I don't care if thematically they fit with things. I don't care if there are references in- included in them. I have seen these titles on hundreds of shows. I would say not only <laughs> just on hundreds of shows, but the type of show that tends to have titles like this. Yeah. And those shows aren't as skilled at using them as references or callbacks. A yeah. lot of them are, like, procedurals and yeah. just very quote case of the week shows and that's why i'm kind of like a little eye rolly at some of these titles because even if i understand the connection to the episode and by the way we do understand a lot of the connections (laughs) just because we didn't notice ally guarded we got the more obvious reference to that yeah Yeah. uh just because we don't always point it out while we're recording either uh it, it just isn't a very interesting title Hakeldama yeah. is, is yeah. a great one, yeah. and we brought I, like, that up I, last I, week. And like, I, like I think there are certainly good ones. Like, I think Perverse Instantiation oh, was great, and the, great. and like that was you know we didn't get it at first, so we did do our research because it was so weird and different and interesting. And now it's uh, memorable. Yeah, uh, and I think, but when you th- throw out things like Fallen and Demons and Join or Die, yeah, like, Terms and Conditions, like I'm not saying that they didn't. Ye who enter here, like come on, how many shows have that freaking title? That's a very obvious reference. Yeah, uh, it's like, yeah. I think writing in an email about how uh, you're curious if we pick up on the Abby Jackson dialogue when Raven is spacewalking and it's callback, I'd appreciate it if if you pointed it out to us because at the very least, maybe we're not the only ones missing it. Maybe someone who is also listening to our podcast and wants to hear a piece of feedback or uh, some of the references that we miss, maybe they would benefit from it too. So mm. in the future, and this goes for everybody, if we miss an obvious reference or what you see as an obvious reference or just want to point something out to us, include it in the feedback just in case. And if we've covered it yeah. ourselves, then we won't include it. But otherwise, yeah. this is kind of the point of feedback yeah. Yeah. for us to share different points of view. And I look, I am certainly open to someone being like, I wish you guys would do more research. Sure. Okay. That's a valid criticism. I We should do that. I, I think there's a, a difference of a different way to do it. Whereas you're saying, I'm curious if you guys will notice this is just very challenging and condescending. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you see something as a parallel that the show is practically, quote, shoving in our face that we miss, maybe we did notice it and we just 
thought it was so obvious that we're not discussing it because it's yeah. not worth discussing and necessarily. If, and if we didn't, and you know, you you say that you you wish that we noticed them, maybe we'd enjoy the show more if we did. All right, point a few of them out to us. Maybe if they blow our minds as much as you're saying, then maybe I'll want to pay attention more. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for the feedback that you sent us. And we certainly are open to constructive criticism. And, uh, you know. Yeah, we might not read every piece of feedback (laughs) if it's less than constructive. Yeah. But that said, may we meet again? May we meet again.